Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Welcome to this episode of the show. But tonight, we're going to be talking about my film pick of the week, The Boogeyman, from 1980 and directed by Yui Womel. You might remember him from a lot of BZ-grade movies that he did in the late 2000s. But regardless of that, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. Boogie, 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 boogie. What up, everybody? What's going on tonight? <laughs> boogie man! That's right, Timmy. I'll get to you later. <laughs> boogie man! Oh, love you, Timmy. Never change. But, of course, he is making his return in Psychotic Simeon, the Prince by Morris Day. Yes, get funky with the muggy. Oh, yes. Hey there, Fright fans and Gore Geeks. It is Talking Terror Time, baby. The radio show that is every Hound's go-to podcast for horror news and movie reviews. Every Wednesday night, we are coming at you live from 9 to 11 p.m. with constant replays of all of your favorite episodes, always for free, baby, on Spotify and iTunes. Just remember to share the love of your favorite horror show by liking and subscribing to Talking Terror on Facebook and Instagram, baby. What is up, my friend family? Woo! Welcome back, Ooh, Monkey. There he is. Welcome back, sir. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> Bringing the heat, as always. I mean, you missed a great one last week, Monkey, with the Outwaters. Yeah. So I heard. <laughs> the House of Banfitch. Robbie Banfitch. Yeah, you, you missed it. He could challenge you with the other one. Robbie Banfitch. <laughs> the House Banfitch. That could be only one. Yeah. yeah, I think you might have dodged the bullet, but either way, we are so happy to have you back, and I'm sure we're going to be joined at some point by the Dean to cut in some horror news and things of that nature. Uh, before we get to that, uh, does anybody have anything they want to chat about before we welcome the Dean? Just a small quick thing, just uh, that Netflix is going to be having Gamera Rebirth. So now they're tapping into another vein of kaiju, uh, because they already did the God's they're, yeah, because they already did uh, Godzilla Singular Point, and they've been knocking out Pacific Rim specials like it's nobody's fucking business. And, and now they're going into Gamera, and it's Gamera Rebirth starting on September 7th on Netflix, all animated. And it looks like, you know, they're st- still trying to stay traditional to the, uh, you know, the original kaiju of Gamera stuff. And just pulling a lot of monsters from the old school shit. So, you know, hopefully this will be better than that horrible, horrible Godzilla series that they put out. Because I was just not a fan of that in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah. Is that the turtle? I just Gamera the turtle? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I was trying to remember which one that was. I was like, I think Gamera's the flying turtle. Like he does, like, yes. spins and yes. stuff. 
very child friendly too, as far as the uh, the series always went, or at least I always felt it was. It was less less violent than the Godzillas and stuff. Oh, I only know him from South Park. That episode with Mecha uh, Barbara Streisand and Gamma shows up and like, oh Gamma, oh Gamma, Rabba Smith, Rabba Smith. Only thing I can say about Gamma is that episode of South Park. I'm like, oh Gamma, he's a turtle. That's cool. No, monkey, um, I know you yeah, have your finger on the uh, the pulse of all of this kind of stuff. So, like, and I guess I, I do have to ask: Have you caught? Or tried to catch any of these, uh, I know the, the, the next movie, per se, is going to be this Kong X Godzilla film, in which I guess we're mm-hmm. getting Kong and Godzilla tag-teaming up against what, what appears as of right now to be a, another higher or stronger form of, like, a, a Kong. I mean, you can't tell if it's a... Uh, if it's a Daddy Kong. Robot, or if it's if it's like a, a, a living <laughs> thing, it might be Diddy, it might be Diddy Kong, could be Grandpa, Grandpa, whoever the Grandpa is, Cranky, Cranky Kong, um, Cranky Kong. But uh, I know, I know, there's like a, you can look it up, and there's like a trailers out there, but they all seem to be like fan made or like leaked footage. But there have been a couple things that I keep seeing in them that it's like, hmm, I wonder if some of this was leaked footage that actually is coming from that movie. Have you caught any of it at all? Well, see, that's the problem. Like you were saying, I've been trying to find it, but it seems like everything that I've come across is like, you know, just, you know, yeah, fan-made and none of it looks official in any way, shape, or form, you know, and, you know, so I'm like taking all of that with a grain of salt until I, you know, actually see, you know, bam, you know, official trailer, you know. So, <laughs> so like taking it all with a very, very big grain of salt, you know. And then on the same, you know, then on the flip side is like, dude, you know, I'm not really a fan of Kong. <laughs> I just don't dig him, man. <laughs> You're just Kong jealous, moves. bro. King you got Kong. Kong envy. King Kong all the way. You're just a monkey. Kong envy. Kong. Yeah, you got Kong envy, bro. <laughs> another, fucking, another fucking cousin that got a bigger break than I did. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck you, Hollywood. He's <laughs> the better primate. Oh, she'll take his money when he sends it to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm special, too. Cashing them checks when he sends them home the at Christmas. Yeah. We should protest at the theater, you know. Not my monkey. <laughs> just hold up pictures of Will, like giant pictures of Will on placards. <laughs> yeah. Giant mad monkey pictures. This is my monkey. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. And it looks like we are joined now by the very stupid, very opinionated, very educated Demonic Dean himself. Everybody. You would, you would be you would be correct about that, King of Horror. You are joined, uh, and thus far, uh, as I continue to work from my outdoor studios this evening, there doesn't appear to be any technical hiccups, uh, connection issues. Hopefully, that will remain the same for the duration of this evening's performance. Excellent. Word. All right. So, talked a little about Kyle Hughes at the top and Gamma and all that stuff. So, uh, with that I'm so said, uh, Dean, uh, we have you for horror news. So let's hit it. What are you talking about? Dish it out. The first thing uh, that I do want to ask, and it's fine if not, because there will be plenty of time to talk about these things uh, as we get closer uh, to October. Did anybody get the opportunity 
need to check out the, the trailer for the, the upcoming David Gordon Green Exorcist film. I did? No. <laughs> I meant to. Didn't know it was even out yet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I did. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I guess we're right. talking about and, it. I am all by ourselves. Well, obviously, you can discuss it. Well, you know, like, I, like it's just look, uh, let's... I know oftentimes we're like, oh, is there any trailers for this evening? But it's, it's really just a trailer. And I, per, I personally thought that it was an effective trailer. Um, you know, wow. Uh, okay. I thought it was an effective trailer, um, personally. Uh, uh, you know, just as I was surrounding their approach to uh, their Halloween trilogy, I'm, I'm curious to see what they have come up with. And, uh, you know, like, I, I'm pretty... I'm pretty uh, sure, I can't say with certainty, of course, but I'm pretty sure that I will, I will, I will take this one in in the theater when the time comes. But like I said, I thought it was an effective trailer. I did not. I didn't like it. But that's just and what is the reasoning behind that? Just it just seems like another possession movie. Just you know, just seems like they're just doing another devil possesses uh, people. And oh look, there's Ellen Burstyn. So that's cool, right? Right. Remember that? Look at this picture like, of Linda Blair that we have. Like, cool, right? Like, it's a fan service trailer. That's all it is. I mean, I don't know. I I kind of disagree, given the the, the amount of time that that uh, McNeil's in it. Uh, but we'll see. You know, uh, we still got a ways to go. I'm sure there'll be more. Um, you know, like I like I just watched it the one time and I was like, oh, this seems pretty cool. So we'll see what happens. And I'm curious to when uh, the monkey and we'll get an opportunity to check it out. I'm looking forward to hearing their thoughts as well. Uh, but in a similar category, one that I have been looking forward to, to quite some time, and I know that uh, some of I'm, you have... I'm sorry, real uh, quick. Uh, I'm uh, sorry if I could just interject real fast and just ask. Yeah, please, please. Um, please, please yeah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, if, if, just to, to refresh my memory, this is going to be, what, existing in the same universe as, just like Halloween did? So it's going to exist yeah. in, like, it's going to be like a sequel, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is this yeah, eliminating yeah, yeah. the heretic? Yeah, it's like a direct sequel trilogy to the first film. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So good. It gets rid of it gets rid of a very bad movie. Well, right. With a I'm very with a very better. if you're talking about part two, uh, yes, a very bad film with a very very most excellent uh, soundtrack. I mean, you know, James Earl Jones, the King of the Beats. Mr. Pazuzu himself. So, I mean, you know, how could you go wrong with that? But it went wrong in so many ways. But luckily, part three was better. Part three kind of got where we were going with it. It made a much better movie. George C. Scott. Well, it's George C. Scott kind of is a fucking legend, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how could you go wrong with George C. Scott being in your movie as Kinderman, tying it back to the first one? But, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys think about the trailer as well when you see it. I just was kind of just like, oh, this is a bad trailer, so I'm hoping it's a good movie. You know, because sometimes trailers kind of mislead you, and then you go into the movie and you're like, wow, that movie's actually really fucking good. The trailer just wasn't. Um, so that's kind of what I'm hoping for. You know, just, I, I just, you know, like I said, I thought it was kind of fan service where it's, you know, especially the, the black and white stuff that they do. You'll see, because that's kind of what they did. Well, with that the might also be a war in, uh, you know, I mean, listen, advertising is advertising, you know, so, I mean, we can call the spade the spade, that might just be to lure mm-hmm. in and just be like, hey, listen, people, you know, this is connected to that original film. So we're going to do everything mm-hmm. in our power to remind you of that original film that you might not have seen for fucking 30 years at this point. Right. 
Possibly, yeah. So, yeah, that's why I said I'm kind of I'm optimistic. About it. I'm still going to go see it. <laughs> I've already said on the show, I'll, I'll, even though it's David Gordon Green, who kind of ruined Halloween for me, I'm still going to go see it just to see what he created. Yeah, well. And then I'll weave and hopefully be looking forward to the next one. Hmm? He didn't give you the Corey story that you wanted. Yeah, that would be the worst. <laughs> Corey shows up in The Exorcist. Well, I guess I'm here now. Damn it, Corey. Get the fuck out of this movie. You ruined Halloween for me. You're not going to ruin Exorcist too. All right, I'll just be over here. Evil dies You guys tonight. need me. Dude, I <laughs> dies I tonight. <laughs> That'll be the catchphrase for that one. Okay, but moving on, do you know what we're talking about? Uh, the other property that I wanted to check uh, out. I have been from a distance. So. You sound like but you're far away. Uh, how about now? Am I closer? Come back no, to the All right. So, uh, has nope. anybody had the opportunity to check out the Gen V trailer? I have not. <laughs> what? Nope. Didn't do it. Oh. <laughs> completely yeah, I failed all my. I, I failed all my lessons this week. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> we're put up one out of two went bad. All right, well, we'll save that one. We'll save that one for for next time because you know the boys okay. uh, trailer is out for the spinoff series taking place uh, with university students. Uh, you know they did say that uh, there will be uh, storylines that are introduced in this uh, series uh, that will impact or have some play uh, with the season four of the boys, which come out. Mm. Uh, but they also said, um, you know, they said that there will be, there will be some, some crossover, um, you know, with, with different things, you know, as this of course is part of the universe of the boys. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I, I will say, and I'm looking forward to when you guys have the opportunity to see it. I loved the trailer. I mean, I love all things involving the boys and, um, right. you know, can't wait for Gen V, can't wait for season four, whatever that may be. And, uh, and yeah, so uh, maybe by time next week, you all have the chance to check it out and talk about it a little bit. I will watch it after the show so I can be ready for next week. All right. So what else are we talking about tonight? <laughs> Dean, you are very in and out, my friend. I'm sorry. No, you just kind of talk, kind of just like you don't want to talk to us anymore. Well, he's he's broadcasting from outside, but he left the microphone in the house. That's that's what he's telling. Or he's left the microphone on the porch and he walked away to smoke a cigarette real quick. <laughs> he doesn't smoke. Don't smoke. Yeah, they got it. Tobacco. <laughs> this is true. All right. How how I made an adjustment. Are things are things better now? Oh, yes, sir. Cool. All right. So last week on the program, uh I think King, you were like, uh tell us about tell us about uh Dead City, are you up to date? And at yeah, the time go. I was not. And I said that I was going to continue my, my viewing of Dead City uh, post-show, which between last show and now I have completed the first season of Dead City. 
there are several things. There are several things on, on my news desk here that I do want to share. Uh, the first is that it is official. Uh, you know, this, this first season of Dead City was only six episodes. Um, okay. And I think, I think I'm not going to get into specifics, uh, but I think overall uh, it was a really good season. Uh, you know, given this, the kind of, even though it takes place in New York City, uh, you know, thus far, these six episodes were, were smaller in scope, so it's very quick-moving and kind of leaner and meaner, uh, you know, than the, the main franchise, which, you know, even with the high points it had over the last several seasons, had become like a lumbering dinosaur. Um, so this was much leaner and meaner, um, you know, ending, uh, you know, with, with many different questions for many different reasons, uh, but I have learned that, uh, you know, Dead City and the upcoming Walking Dead Daryl Dixon, which comes not in October, as I predicted, but on September 10th, uh, have both already been renewed for second seasons. Uh, hmm. So, you know, they say that Dead City was the most watched uh, series on AMC Plus, their streaming service. Uh, Daryl Dixon, of course, is not aired yet. Uh, but based on, I guess, the business that Dead City did uh, and what they're anticipating for Daryl Dixon, uh, you know, both have been uh, both have been um, signed up for second seasons. And I'm really stoked that there's going to be a second season because, like I said, uh, with the smaller cast and things being kind of leaner and meaner, um, and of course, you know, the the the, the ever evolving. Uh, relationship for better and worse between Deegan and Maggie, uh, you know, continues to be compelling for a variety of reasons. Uh, I feel that, you know, with a little bit of lull in the middle, uh, overall, this was a really fun season and uh, what they were building kept you guessing all the way and where the first season of Dead City left off has me in a state of really anticipating a second season. So uh, I give them kudos. I think they did a really solid job. And, of course, I congratulate uh, both Negan and Maggie for their performances, as well as the new characters uh, that were introduced. So good job on Dead City. Um, I'm not going to, you know, I don't know if you guys will ever get to this or get back to it or whatever, but, but I, no. uh, I think Dead City was, was a very well done six episodes. I'm sure I'll get to it eventually. I, I don't know if I will, but I mean... It's the actual cool. show first. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a whole lot of Walking Dead to finish before I even get to that. <laughs> I'm still at Rick Left. <laughs> I got to get back into that. I think there was like 18 more seasons after that, so I don't know. I have a lot of Walking Dead <laughs> uh, to do. Uh, cool. Cool. Did the little yeah. monster over there, you said that the little monster had gone on a, a binge watch. Did, 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 did that ever get concluded? You said that you were going to maybe jump back in uh, when it reached... Uh, what you had remembered and, and leaving listen, off that. So, if you want to really laugh, she made it to that final season, and I think she got slightly further than we did. But she too got fatigued by that point, and has not yet to this point completed The Walking Dead. Now, to make it even funnier, mm-hmm. though, is that within a month's time... But she watched it in three days as we watched it over ten years? She watched it? No, she watched it over the course of, obviously, like, I guess a couple of months. But, you know, she she really did, like, really, she dove in, and 
she was plowing through, but as it got to that later point, she just, again, she hasn't. Now, again, what I was going to say is what's really funny is that within the course of one month, I believe it was from May to June, the little monster's grandmother decided she wanted to start finally watching The Walking Dead and completed the entire series. (laughs) (laughs) Ten seasons in like a month. Damn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dedication. I'd love to have that kind of time. So so she at least knows what the the ending is. So shout out Mm -hmm. to to Patsy there. There you go. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'll get into it one day. I, I say, I keep waiting for the box set. I was like, I'm just going to wait for the Walking Dead box set to come out. I'll just fucking buy it. And then I'll just go through the rest of the episodes. <laughs> just to have, even though I have the first six seasons of DVD. It's all right. Just need the other ones. <laughs> What's a DVD? Oh, no, Obviously. I like my physical media, <laughs> as we all know. I like my discs. <laughs> And I want to watch it digitally. I I like my boxes, and I like to look at them and hold them and touch them and like, hey guys, look at me, I have this DVD. What's a DVD? (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) You don't get to watch a movie now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dean. What else are we talking about today? Uh, Well, also, I do want to say, also in the greater. Walking Dead universe, uh, I learned mm. that the uh, Rick and Michonne uh, limited series, which is coming sometime in 2024, uh, you know, where nothing was ever stated definitively about Dead City and Dow Dixon, uh, it's been said that this six seasons of Rick and Michonne uh, is a limited series. So as of now, the expectation is that it's going to be six, these six episodes of that, and and that's and that's that. Uh, supposedly, um, you know, it's not being built as a way to build their story beyond uh, those six seasons. But uh, I have learned that their series is going to be called uh, "The Ones Who Live," and uh, if you watch to the end of The Walking Dead, you will understand why. Uh, the Ones Who Live is a fitting title for their uh, six-episode series. If you did not stick it out to the end, it might not make any sense to you, uh, but it is tied into the final episodes of the main of the main show. Well, I'm assuming they lived. That's all they call it that. That's cool. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well, yeah, but it's, 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 it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. And uh, King, when the time comes when you buy your box set and watch it all, it will make sense to you as well. And it's like, oh my God, they lived. That's why it makes sense. That'd be awesome. Oh, Can't wait different for that. movie. Oh, uh, that's true. <laughs> Not the Last of Us. It's the ones who lived. But okay, uh, Dean, what else are we talking about? Uh, so, um, I know there are some people out there that are excited about the Five Nights at Freddy's uh, movie adaptation uh, that is coming October yeah. 27th from Blumhouse. Uh, it was <laughs> the Little Monster is all about it. Well, it's been announced really? that it's going to be receiving, or it has received, a rating of PG-13 for strong content, bloody images, and language. 
All right, sweet. It's even more kid-friendly, PG-13. I did not see it getting an R, so I don't want the PG-13 way. Get more of the kids in. No, they, they, yeah, they, they, they definitely want those butts in the seats. So there's no way they're going to give that thing an R. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll get an R cut. It'll be on the Blu-ray. Yes. Yeah, the R cut. That, kind of that would thing, be cool. You know? Uh, or probably, mm-hmm. well, I don't think yeah. you get an R cut. You'll probably get an unrated cut, which hopefully would fill in some of, some of the bloody blanks. But I mean, when you look at what they did with Megan, does that really fucking count for shit anymore either? Oh, um, no. no, it sure does. You know, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that if you were to talk to the creators of Five Nights at Freddy's, you know, they probably could see this movie being an R. But I'm sure the movie studios, the people that are backing it with their money, are probably like, nah, man, this, this is something that, that kids were playing, kids are playing, kids are hyped for it. This needs to be at least something that, that kids can go see without their parents having to necessarily worry about, you know, an R rating for it. So yeah, I, I would have preferred an R. You know, I was kind of disappointed when I heard that it was going to be PG-13, but... I mean, again, as long as it's, uh, as long as it's entertaining, I, 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 you know, for me, I feel like it's just going to be fucking mind numbing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, I still want to. So, I mean, if you want to see the R-rated version, just watch Woe's Wonderland. Yep, <laughs> totally exactly. <laughs> just be like, you know what? I want the R-rated version. I'm going to watch Woe's Wonderland. Same fucking thing. <laughs> and it's got Nick Cage. So how can you go wrong with that? So, but I'm it's still going to got Nick Cage. Right? You know. Yeah, and you can't get wrong with Nick Cage. <laughs> Rage changes his life. Yeah, he's got that new one coming out where he's John Wick on a beach. I can't wait for that fucking movie. Uh, you know me. There's, there's times I can take and enjoy Cage. There's times where I just don't want to see it. <laughs> just got to hang it up. Have you seen uh, Pig yet? That's a fucking good one if you want to see no. a good Cage movie. No, no, you Pig know what? Really I'm fucking good. I've seen Pig, but then I saw it was PG. Benedict Asshole? I'm like, I'm like, Benedict Asshole? Uh, yeah, the, the PG rating for Pig was kind of, it kind of like threw me off, but I was like, oh, was I don't want to see this. Yeah, yeah, I was fucking I shocked. It definitely didn't feel like a PG movie. I'm kind of surprised. From what I, I heard, it didn't now. sound like it. So, I mean, maybe they fucking put it up wrong, but I don't know. It, it was rated PG, and I'm just like, all right, so maybe I don't want to see this movie. Yeah, i got to find out if I can find the rating, because that's weird, because that's rated R. Yeah, it says on IMDb. Okay, so then maybe... Maybe they had it listed wrong on Xbox or whatever, but I I, had sw- I swear on my children that they had that shit listed as PG, and that was that was exactly why I didn't bother getting the movie and watching that shit. Oh, I said that was a Disney cut. Where it's five minutes. <laughs> oh no, it's definitely an R-rated movie. <laughs> definitely have to check oh, it out. Okay, very cool then. Yeah, definitely worth it. It's it's definitely something worth checking out. You know, it's kind of, you know, like I said, again, it's like John Wick, both of the pig, and Nicolas Cage. But he's a chef, and he knows shit. It's just, it's a lot of fun. I I really enjoyed taking it, so uh, it's not horror-related, so I couldn't put it on my list that year it came out, but still, it's great. But uh, with that being said, aside from Five Nights at Freddy's, what else are we talking about, Dean? Uh, So, um... 
as uh, time ticks on, they continue to release all kinds of stuff. One of yes. the most popular, uh, longest-running series in horror history. Uh, you know, I plunked down for the big, you know, 4K UHD uh, box set from Screen Factory that came a couple years ago. I was stoked about it. Um, I don't think that, you know, actually, I don't want to say I don't think that because, you know, 10 years down the road, there'll be some new technology, which, you know, you'll be oh, able sure. to climb inside your TV and walk around inside the movie. <laughs> um, but I don't think that they're going to look as good as they look uh, right now. The, the, what they were able to do with that box set was just remarkable as far as how fucking good it looks. But, uh, you know, Paramount Pictures, uh, you know, this fall in October, uh, October 10th to be precise, uh, will be bringing a 4K UHD steelbook uh, of the original uh, 1980 slasher Friday the 13th. Uh, but the reason uh, that I'm bringing this up, because like I've said numerous times, is that I don't just say, hey, this is coming on Steerbook, and this one's going to have a DVD release. Uh, a personal interest to me is that uh, there is going to be a remastered uh, vinyl release in this bundle of Harry Menfordini's original score. Uh, now, uh, the Friday the 13th cool. score... Yeah, the Friday the 13th score... Uh, has been released on vinyl before in an incredibly rare uh, pressing. And what's uh, incred- what's really cool about that particular pressing, I've never seen one with my own eyes. They they are, I, I think it's a 300 copy release, maybe. I would have to look it up, uh, but if memory serves. But it's, a, it's like a clear, it's a, a clearish vinyl that has uh, red liquid inside of it. So when you, like, move the vinyl around, it looks like blood dripping everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Yeah, uh, well, it was you know, actually it's, really cool. Yeah, it, well, you know, in, in, in the vinyl record market, which is something that, like, I'm an active, um, you know, participant in, uh, it is incredibly rare, and it goes for big money. So I'm really stoked uh, that it's going to be part of this bundle. So uh, the bundle will include the, U, the 4K UHD steel, steel book with, and this is through Waxwork Records and Paramount Pictures, uh, with a Waxwork album art slipcase, uh, the complete score to the, to the movie on a black and red uh, swirl-colored vinyl. It's not going to have the moving liquid inside, but it's a pretty cool like black and red swirl. Uh, there's going to be mm. director and composer liner notes. There's going to be a 12 by 12 art print. Um, and deluxe packaging, and that's all well and good, um, of which I will not be um, acquiring, because I bought the box set, I don't need the film, but what I'm really excited about uh, is that That there is is an LP-only option, Uh, Mm. so I will be purchasing just the soundtrack on vinyl, uh, which I'm pretty fucking stoked about, so... Uh, you can That's buy cool. the bundle, or you can just buy the vinyl record. So I'm going to be purchasing the vinyl record. How much is going to run us? Uh, well, the steel book, it's actually, it's actually a, I think it's kind of a good deal. Uh, the steel book and the LP bundle collection with all those things that I just mentioned is only 60 bucks, and the vinyl soundtrack alone <laughs> is just is just 32 So um, I have no problem paying 32 <laughs> yeah, uh, for this soundtrack. I'm actually uh, adding it 
to my I'm actually adding it to the cart right now to make the purchase. This will not be the only time that I have purchased horror-related vinyls during the show. I have previously purchased uh, horror-related vinyl live on the air when we covered last night in Soho. Uh, of where That's I right. Saw yeah. This soundtrack. Great that show that was. That was fucking fantastic. Uh, so yeah. how many tracks are on the, the, uh, the, uh, on the, uh, the, the, the LP? Um, if you say that again? How many tracks are on the LP? Of the Friday the 13th soundtrack or the last night in Soho? Yeah. No, Sorry. no, no, the Friday the 13th. Which, uh, the Friday the 13th soundtrack will have uh, me two tracks. Uh, <laughs> the only um, it will have stay tuned, stay tuned, it's all coming, it's coming up. It will have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen uh tracks. Yeah, definitely fucking that's definitely quality for thirty two bucks, people. Get out there and yeah. get by. You know, and, 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 and I'll they're, get all, they're all titled. This soundtrack is Overlay Evil Main Title, Banjo Traveling, Alice Goes to the Lake Parts 1 and 2, Back Up to Annie Alone, Mrs. V Watches, Ralph in the Pantry, Don't Smoke in Bed, Not Tonight I Got a Headache, Brenda Lights, etc. Et a lot of tracks. That's a good price, yeah. It'll be uh, my fourth uh, physical media edition of Friday 13th. It's a steel book. Now. <laughs> so, it's a steel book. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I, 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 you know, I look. Uh, I am beyond satisfied with the quality of the box set. I mm-hmm. can't anticipate Friday the Thirteenth hard copy ever again. <laughs> I had purchased like the original uncut Blu-ray, which I still have. Um, I had that one too. But I am, I am really excited to to have the opportunity to have a copy of the soundtrack. So I'll be looking forward to, to its arrival, um, you know, when the time comes. No, oh, that's awesome. You know, because I know that you definitely collect vinyl and LPs, and I collect uh, DVDs and Blu-rays and steelbooks. So everybody wins with this one. Woo-hoo! Even though I know it's hand So if I lose one, I still have three more. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I have <a> <laughs> I have so many copies of these movies, I don't know. Because there's an additional director's commentary on this one. That's what I always have to tell myself when I buy another copy of the movie I already own. Well, this one has a trailer from Europe. i got to get that one. I never saw the trailer from Europe. <laughs> I can explain away why I have four different versions of Night of the Living Dead and two versions of Dawn of the Dead and so many other versions of movies. Why I have four Texas Chainsaw Massacre DVDs. Because this one has Gunner's commentary and this one has Toby's. See, guys, it all makes sense as I talk myself into buying another one. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> but <clears throat> very cool either way on the soundtrack. But what else are we talking about, Dean? What else are we talking about, King? Uh, so apparently, uh, you know, the town of East Corinth, Vermont, has once again been mm-hmm. transformed into Connecticut for the sequel for Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice 2, which is currently filming from the first movie, uh, which was demolished after filming, has been completely rebuilt on location, 
And mm-hmm. uh, outside of the house, uh, they had the actual sculpture from the original film. It looks kind of like a big uh, chair, but also looks kind of like a claw hand. Uh, I remember that one. Yeah. This sculpture uh, was was stolen uh, off the set of Beetlejuice 2. Uh, it, the sculpture is set to weigh 150 pounds, and sometime yeah, overnight, uh, it was stolen. So uh, that is what's going on on the set of Beetlejuice 2. Uh, they're trying <laughs> to, you know, obviously find it. Uh, whether they will or not, I do not know. They better not look in but, the monkey's apartment, because I guarantee you it's not there. <laughs> That's why he wasn't here last yeah, well, week. Oh, my God, it's all coming well, together. Ortega, you know, <laughs> we, know, we know he definitely kidnapped her, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you know, I'm all about that bitch. <laughs> oh, he loves her, man. It's a package yeah. here to get that sculpture, get Jenny Ortega. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it was a box out, and I couldn't turn it down. Yeah, I know. What a great weekend you had. <laughs> you guys collect physical media? Monkey collects boxes. Yes, we do. Yeah, he collects women and sculptures from Beetlejuice. That's his thing. Don't yuck his yum. That's his thing. <laughs> well, I, I, only, I only wanted the sculpture. I couldn't get rid of the bitch. She wouldn't let go of the sculpture, so I had to take her, too. <laughs> it was a package deal. She wanted to sit on it. <laughs> Monkey's like, oh, okay. All points are shared across Talking Terror. Each person here has their own individual <laughs> opinion. No, oh, yeah, no. I, personally, I can't stand her, so good luck, Monkey. It's all you. It's <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, because I fucking loved her on Wednesday. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> your problem now. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll right. want to talk about that pouty mouth. No, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Give her up, Monkey. You know, give her to the ghoul. You can take her. You're a problem now. <laughs> now available on eBay. <laughs> I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one, so I'm going to keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dean, what else are we talking about? Um, I did a quick research. I uh, did some quick research just now, and I do want to share that the blood-filled Friday the 13th vinyl edition that I was talking about uh, was released in 2014, and I was wrong. It was not 300 copies that were made. It was 100 copies. There were only 100 oh, copies that wow. were released. <laughs> and my additional uh, research uh, shows that... Uh, there are only two copies that I can find for sale on the internet. Uh, one of them is currently on eBay for four thousand dollars, and uh, <laughs> you know the, the the legitimate central global hub for vinyl buying and selling is called Discogs, and uh, oh, there is yeah. one copy available. There's one copy available from a seller on Discogs right now for $5,500. Uh, those are the only two known copies that I can find for sale. Um, you know, for, 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 you know, rare records are, are a very, you know, it's not something that I dabble in. Like, I'm not like a buyer. I'm not a, I'm not a broker, a buyer. I'm not in, involved in the vinyl game to that degree in any way, shape, or form. I buy records right. that I listen to, um, you, know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've spent, you, you know, there are like. a couple of records. 
Yeah, I mean, and, you know, look, there's a, there's a couple of records that I've spent like a little bit of money on, but nothing fucking crazy. Um, and uh, you know, uh, for for a hundred copy pressing with a very unique uh, with a very unique design, such as the liquid filled uh, vinyl, which I've it's the only record of that kind that I know of. You know, like hundred copies, like that, like that pricing, like I'm not shocked by it. You know, like I'm. I feel like that's what I would have expected. Maybe not that much. I maybe would have expected to see that's like thousand yeah. dollars. No, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I might have expected to like. I wouldn't be. Sh- I uh, maybe I'm like a little it's surprised. Bucks I, I, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not surprised. Maybe a, at all. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's like such a limited run, man, and yeah. a cool feature too. Like, look, you know what? I've seen on like you know, and I, and I know it's 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 the Dean's favorite band. You know, my my band Goose. But like, I've seen fucking posters. Of like, there's one poster in particular. Okay, it's called the Peen, and it's like an early 2018 poster <laughs> from the band, in which is a fucking long-necked goose. It literally looks like a dick. Okay, and for whatever fucking reason, man, people like rarely put this poster up. I forget what the amount fucking of, of, of prints were, but they go for like two grand. 25, I think 2,500 was like the, the highest one at this point, and that's a poster from just a few years ago, you know, for a fucking touring band. I'm sorry, but 100 copies of a fucking really cool record, yeah, 4,000, 5,000, I, I, I can't, and I complain about everything. I couldn't even complain about that. This is something that I need to keep my eyes open for, for like some fucking lady that's divorcing her husband and wants to get really mad at him and get back at him or something and hope that that shit gets sold my way for real fucking cheap. Because I will love that thing. It will never be sold. I will just love it. Yeah. Well, you know, you work in the the, the HVAC community, you know, beat yourself a, a woman that's upset with her husband. Like, hey, I have an idea. Let's talk for a second. I will touch your clit if you need me to. Little, 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 little. I will. Yeah, I will literally. I know where it is. I know how to find it. He doesn't. I do. So here we go. All right. In exchange for me touching your clit. Here we go. Need that pee in Okay, so. See? you got to be in the market for it. I, and, you know, and actually, Ghoul, I was driving to work the other day, and I listened to this station called WXPN in the area. They play a lot of indie rock. They play rap. They play everything. And they played a song by Goose called uh, Dripfield. And I was like, this is Goose? Yeah, Dripfield. I was like, it's so poppy. I was like, it's so poppy. I was like, I thought they were a jam band. I was like, this is like, you know, like top 100 shit, Dripfield. <laughs> I was like, okay. It's, it's, it's electronic. I heard it's Goose. from their latest, like, regular album. Yeah, it's uh. It's a, it's a little more mainstream sounding. Yeah, definitely mainstream. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, all right, and, you know. and, you know, one thing one thing to keep in mind, too, and, you know, with, with, with decades uh, into this genre of music, it is quite often the case that, uh, you know, bands that you might lump into the jam band category, uh, you know, if you were hearing a studio version of that song, uh, you know, it's possible mm-hmm. that it's a straight version of a song, but it's when this band performs live, uh, when the song takes wings and takes off to those to those jamming heights. <laughs> it's like oh, 22 okay. minutes. Yeah. Uh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I just mean, the intro. I, was, oh. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, I, I can't <laughs> even front, you know, what's happened. So. Don't know what the show. This is them tuning their guitars <laughs> for like 30 minutes. Before they get to the actual song, I mean, it's fine. But no, I mean, hey, to this day, that song uh, "Airplane" by Mo is one of my favorite songs of all time, 
And I'm not a big fan of Mo, but I will fucking put that song on. Oh, airplane! Oh no, not airplane! Song it's an airplane. Wait, wait, isn't it's it called plane crash? crash? Plane crash. I thought it was called air crash. Oh man! Crash. Oh man! How, 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 how could I ever How could I ever forget? What a what a oh, dichotomy man. of emotions on that evening. <laughs> dude, there was so much fun. <laughs> and, and dude, 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 the volume that we drank from the train to the venue and inside, like, and like. The the the, <laughs> the 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 experience at the show, which was then coupled with uh, maybe the angriest that I've ever been at the Google Post show, um, just a, a, yes. a variety of yes. emotions on that evening. Uh, you know, like an evening I would in high, with the gift of hindsight, an evening I wouldn't change for the fucking world. Um, but uh, but yeah, what a what a, what but a at night. the time it was something. What a, it was fucking wow. something. The dean being angry, I can't imagine that because you're so fucking just low key, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, oh my god, I I, oh I can't god. I can't imagine him angry either, man. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, nope, 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 nope. I uh, I know why like, he I was angry, was, like... and I I can't <laughs> even disagree with it. He 100 percent had every right to be mad at me at that point. I would be traumatized if I saw him angry. I'd be like, I need to talk to my therapist. The dean got angry. I don't know why. He's so low key and fun. The dean got angry. Just, just regard, regardless of my impulsivity, Dean, just remember, I did take a fucking gigantic bite out of a racquetball-sized piece of molly. Not realizing that I was not supposed to take God, that much man. fucking No, no, I know, I know. Me bite. too, me too. Like the fucking bite, oh, the bite that I took on that chunk was like the size of a fucking ping pong ball. So like, I get it. Yep. Uh, you yep. know, this is a, Dude, the we, can, we can continue this discussion off, off the air. <laughs> the look on Jimmy's face is Me too. Me too, man. I know. I know, bro. I know. <laughs> you yeah. are supposed to take that much. <laughs> what did you do? I, yep. <laughs> too much. Too much. Too much. Too much. Too much. Uh, anyway, horror news. Horror news. Not drug news. Yeah, let's talk about horror news. 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 From 1972 to 1975, uh, Marvel put out 21 issues of a horror comic called Crypt of Shadows. Back in 19, uh, there was a one-off issue, uh, a one-shot deal, but it's been announced that this October, October 18th, there will be a second one-off comic edition of Crypt of Shadows. In this, excuse me, in this particular issue, there will be five different stories uh, that will feature such characters as Victor Strange, Deadpool, mm-hmm. Scarlet mm-hmm. Witch. Uh, there will be a story featuring both Werewolf by Night and the Incredible Hulk. And there will be another story featuring both Daredevil and Man-Thing. Uh, so, if you are up on the details of Crypt of Shadows, uh, and you know about its history, and you were up on its revival in 2019, this October is your opportunity to, to, to be able to read the next 
what's being called one-off edition of Crypt of Shadows from Marvel. Uh, Monkey, you know, Ghoul, have you heard about this? I haven't. There's something hearing about it. No, man. It's like, like I've heard of it, but it's like, you know, I, I'm used to the older stuff than the, the Crypt of Shadows stuff. Or the other stuff, I'm sorry, that uh, Stanley and Steve Ditko were more involved in. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, I'm kind of off on this one, I got to say. <laughs> what about you, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, know of, I know of the series. It wasn't something I read. Um, yeah, 70s obviously wasn't my, my timeline, and when I did, did read the comic, books you know in general it was uh it, it was the stuff that was in my area or it was just x-men stuff and and some white avengers and things like that uh but you know i i know that they are trying i mean obviously we've seen it with uh you know with werewolf by night um Which you know, great. The, the blade movie they're trying to get this whole dark Universe, you know, Moon Knight, another example. He's somebody that that is involved mm-hmm. with, like you know, that'll be involved with like Crypt of Shadows. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's a fun way to uh, to to approach and take that stuff, you know, because we, uh, as we've said multiple times, I mean, the, I, I think we can all pretty much say in some form we're all fans of, you know, the the the, the Marvel film. In general, yeah. uh, like you know, I would say you know, in standing order, I say it would probably go Dean King, Monkey, me, as far as like our, our level of fanness would go. Um, but as, <laughs> as horror fans, Fair. you know, as ho- as horror fans, I think we we all very much enjoy seeing stuff that's kind of like weird when they they do that kind of stuff when they get into that original shit you know and and that i think is is where that this could be fun you know like let's give us some some twisted tales some fucked up stories you know well, i'm down for it like marvel hey. zombies loved it yeah but it's especially when they're trying to tap into this vein where it's just you know they they did it and marvel and dc both had a long long history you know, in the horror comic genre, I mean, you know, and it's just, and then when you sit there and go into the history about the comic code of authority, you know, thanks Marvel and DC, you know, um, and them shutting down so many independent comic books along the way, but, you know, they cut off a bunch of their revenue too, because they were right in there with it, man. You know, they, they had plenty of their own shit, you know, old school, like, you know, vaults of evil (laughs) and, you know, the Frankie, uh, the monster of Frankenstein and shit like that, you know, that was their jams. And yeah, they had no problem, especially like in the seventies, you know, slapping satanic shit on their covers. Like it's nobody's business. Marvel, like, (laughs) you know, pretty much in my opinion, like the worst one of throwing satanic shit out there. Um, But yeah. So, you know, them going back and embracing this shit, you know, after the longest time of it, disappearing off the face of the earth, you know, hey, I'm all for it, just like the ghoul said. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Monkey, I have that framed copy of Son of Satan in my bedroom, that one <laughs> copy, uh, comic that you bought me. I was like, Son of Satan? You're like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> they had a character. He was the Son of Satan. He had a pentagram on his chest, and he was all about the devil. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I had it framed in my, in my room. So, yeah. <laughs> they were not afraid to go there. <laughs> 
Yeah, Indeed. agreed. All right. So, <laughs> Dean, what else are we talking about tonight? In 1987, Rich Rossler, writer and director, and his producer, Jerry Enko, uh, released into the world a cult classic called Slaughterhouse. Oh, so good. Uh, in so fucking bad, but good. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Well, I have learned that both uh, Rich Rossler and writer and director and his producer, Jerry Enko, uh, currently have Slaughterhouse 2 Death Metal in production, <laughs> currently filming in Campo, California. Uh, the creation no of this film was inspired after Quentin Tarantino held a screening of the original Slaughterhouse at his New Beverly Theater in Hollywood uh, to a full house. Uh, apparently, wow. Slaughterhouse 2 is going to be about uh, the son of the main character from the first film, Lester Bacon. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. in the first film, Lester Buddy Bacon Bacon. Had a, uh, Lester Bacon wasn't Buddy Bacon his son in the first film? Yes, Lester was a dad, Buddy was a son, yes. Yes, well, in the first film, uh, there was another son that was vaguely alluded to named Cleavon, uh, who had yep. left the film, who had left the farm. So mm-hmm. this film is going to center on the character of Cleavon Bacon, uh, and they're calling it a horror comedy. Uh, and it's currently, again, it's currently filming right now in Campo, California, on a budget of $250,000. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's a movie that's available on, on Pluto and Tubi and shit like that if you guys want to watch it, but it's just... An 87 slasher movie where Buddy Bacon is this huge fucking guy, you know, could rival Leatherface. And he just loves killing people, and his dad's on his farm, and they're financially strapped, and they have to make meat. It's just, it's, it's a comedy, it's horror. It's fucking long, though. It's like two hours. So you have to be kind of invested to, to seek out Slaughterhouse. But it's, it's just a lot of fun. Um, Joby Barton playing Buddy. Just, wow. I never thought I would see a sequel to that movie. But then again, back in the 80s, there was another movie called Splatter Farm that John Mark Colonia did. It was shot on video. And they made a sequel a couple of years ago called Return to Slaughter Farm. I mean, uh, Splatter Farm. It wasn't very good, but it's like, wow. <laughs> Returning for a sequel. Why not? So I'll have to check out uh, Slaughterhouse 2 when it comes out. Very cool, Dean. Thank you for that. That's, that was awesome. But uh, what else are we talking well, about? You're welcome, King. I'm glad. Uh, that that you thought looking forward to, to Slaughterhouse 2. Um, I will tell I'm you definitely uh, we're talking about. Uh, very briefly, uh, Lionsgate uh, has announced Meow. that Saw X has been, <laughs> moved, yeah. has, been, has been moved forward. Uh, the original release date for Saw X was October 27th, but it's been moved oh, forward, okay. and Saw X will now see the light of day on September 29th. That's fucking cool, man. I'm really actually looking forward to it, because the more I hear about it, the more excited I get, because this movie is supposed to be taking place between the original Saw and Saw 2, where John Kramer runs into some things while he's trying to figure out a cure to his illness. Um, The poster was just released, which has, like, these two fucking lights sticking out of a guy's eyes to form the X, and I was like, okay, we're back. We're back, people. 
Spiral, not so great. <laughs> we can all agree. <laughs> Spiral and Bucket Saw, not a lot of fun. Now we're back. Tobin Bell is back. <laughs> and so we're going to write 1.5 is essentially what it comes it down It is. It's, it's the interim. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the, the Saw, you know, 1.5, where it's like you get the in-between story, kind of like Chasing Dogma, where you find out what Jane Silent Bob yeah. is doing between Chasing Amy and Dogma. <laughs> and is is uh, what's his name involved in writing it at all? Uh, Lee Finnell or whatever his name was. That I don't know. I mean, I, I doubt he would be because he kind of left it a while ago. So could be a new writing team. Yeah, well, he's but, uh, also making that insidious money, you know. Oh sure, you know. Plus, he's got that upgrade money too. I don't know if you guys remember that movie that came out a couple of years ago, which is a lot of fun. But yeah. He's, I'm sure he's still making upgrade. money off of that. What was upgrade. Upgrade. Uh, Lee Wenno. 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 I don't know how to say it. Lee Wenno, Wenno. yeah. Wenno? 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 <laughs> Either way. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's funny. I'm watching the uh, the Insidious films. Like I said, I was, I was watching them to, to lead up to getting to the theater, which I still haven't done to uh, to see uh, the Red we'll Door. Um, and, uh, like, I'm looking at Specs. And I'm like, man, he looks familiar, you know? And, of course, like... <laughs> you find out that Specs is actually the writer, but then you see that he was, you know, in Saw as well as a writer, and he's the the other guy in the room with fucking uh, Carrie Ells. Carrie Ells, yes, yep, he was the other guy, the photographer. Yep, that was mm-hmm. Lee Winnell. Oh yeah, very cool. One and but, only. All right, Dean, what else are we talking about? Back yes, in. Dean. Really, you uh, think so? Wow. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> Back in, in 2015, there was a documentary that was called Unearthed and Untold, The Path to Pet Cemetery. Uh, yeah, and, really good. Uh, now, the makers of that documentary have announced uh, that for the 35th anniversary of the film coming next year, there is going to be... Uh, they're going to be putting out a coffee table uh, that Love is it. going. Uh, it's going to be called. Um, I think it's called Horror Comes to Maine. Revisiting uh, Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Uh, so if you are a fan, there's no official release date yet. But if you have coffee table book, there's going to be a uh, a Pet Cemetery coffee table book. Uh, surrounding the original Pet Cemetery film. Well, I'll be buying it when it comes out. I love that fucking movie. So, going to add another book to the collection. I need more books. <laughs> books and movies. I'm drowning in them. <laughs> but that's very cool. But all right, what else are we talking about, Dean? So, I'm sure Dean scratching? I, I, uh, personally, I don't know if any of you guys saw this, but I was a really, really big fan of the two seasons of the Netflix show Black Summer, (laughs) uh, which was a a zombie-based show. Um, Season two uh, ended on June 17th of 2021, and season two ended 
uh, you know, with several unanswered questions. And since that time, there's been no news whatsoever surrounding a season three. Now, Netflix has become notorious for canceling shows, uh, in many cases, canceling shows before even giving them an opportunity to find an audience. What's different here, according to creator John Hyams, is that they haven't been told anything from Netflix. There has been no cancellation. Uh, In some ways, it's been kind of radio silence. And while there is, based on what has been presented in the first two seasons, uh, there is, based on how season two ended, there's still story to be told. Uh, John Hyams, when recently asked online about a potential season three, he says that at this point, things seem kind of dim, uh, even though there has been no official notice of cancellation. Um, And like I said before, the only reason that I would have to hold out uh, any kind of hope is that they didn't get a cancellation notice because Netflix can be pretty brutal uh, with cancellations. Like, they don't leave things hanging. They're like, oh, cancel, 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 cancel. Right. so anyway, did any of you guys by chance see uh, Black Summer? I did not. No. Black Summer. I don't remember if I did. Probably not. So yeah. I, I would just continue yeah, so, on if I didn't. Yeah, uh, I believe the seasons were pretty short. Maybe maybe like maybe another one that's in that kind of six episode range per season. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I will say uh, that that it's really worth checking out. It's, it, I don't know how to describe oh, this it. Took, this took place in the Z Nation universe, actually. Uh, they say that it's like a kind of spiritual precursor to Z Nation, but not officially Which was the one that fucking had to do with, like, weed that cured the zombie fucking thing or some shit. That one got real fucking yeah, was, silly after a while. Yeah, there, there was, there was, was nothing I, about that. Yeah, there was nothing about that in Black Summer. Um, but what I can say is, like, what was cool to me about Black Summer is, like, how kind of, how can I explain this in a way that makes sense? It was so very unstylized. Um, it was very stark, very matter-of-fact, very ugly, and very real. Um, and, inc- and, and, and with many sequences that were incredibly intense. Uh, and in some cases, intense intensity just by the actions of one character needing to deal with one zombie, like with no dramatic score uh, or music, um, you know, and just these characters, these two characters in, inside like a kind of enclosed location. It was really fucking cool. Um, I watched, uh, I watched the, the two seasons. I pretty much watched them both on a, on a cross-country flight and back, I think, in December of 2021, back and forth in, in, the, in the holiday season going back to New Jersey. Um, I was really into it. It's it's really worth checking out. Like, it was it it it, it was different than you might think when you hear something. Oh, it's a, a zombie show. Um, it was different than I expected, and how they approach things with characters and what happens to characters and how they built this world was 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 kind of different and 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 really fucking cool. So I, I give it a a full dean endorsement. Uh, if you're feeling bored and looking for something to watch. Um, I think Black Summer is certainly worth checking out. 
But I, I, you know, again, I remember watching Z Nation, and I really enjoyed the first season of that show. Um, it was one of those strange ones, though, where it was like, all right, I guess, you know, with The Walking Dead and, and its popularity, we had zombie shows everywhere. And maybe they weren't getting enough viewers or whatever, but, like, the the original season, like, the, the first, like, season premise of it was just very much like a... A bare bones, good drama, so some some a little over the top on action, but nothing crazy. And then it was like every season after that just got real silly. And I think it was like by the the midpoint of the third season, maybe I finished the third season. I was just I was checked out. I was like, this just got too dumb, too too. Again, it, it went into comedic territory and that wasn't where it started so if black summer is more like what the show was like when it started i would be i would be very interested in checking it out so uh it's worth <clears throat> okay all right so is that it for you dean uh, so I think the last thing I had on my list, you know, I just want to bring this up real quick, not that it, it means sure. so much, but, uh, you know, it's of interest to me because, you know, I look for, and there are all kinds of clues within my work realm um, about, you know, my personal love for horror and opportunities for my students that have interest in this genre to, 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 to get involved with different, uh, you know, age-appropriate reading material uh, that is in, in, in the room. And I learned, uh, I've never heard of this person before, but apparently Trevor Henderson um, is a very notable and famous, or has been a very noticeable, notable and famous creator of creepypasta stories. Um, I haven't thought of or heard of creepypasta in quite some time, uh, but apparently he created uh, an original creepypasta monster known as Siren uh, which has what? Uh, this character has been featured uh, in video games and hundreds of different YouTube videos that have over a million views. Uh, but I've learned that this creator, Trevor Henderson, has teamed up with Scholastic uh, for a middle school aged horror novel uh, called Scarewaves, uh, which is going to be released on October 3rd. Way to heaven. Um, so even though it is this, this Scarewaves novel will be released on October 3rd, I actually already placed my pre-order uh, so it can arrive and I can introduce into my, my classroom realm. Uh, Scholastic has done really good work, uh, you know, with, with bringing uh, horror stories, age-appropriate horror stories, uh, to the forefront. I've, I've talked uh, multiple times in the news section about their partnership with the Creepshow universe to bring two different... Uh, scholastic Creepshow novels, each one having two full stories uh, inside of them, which I have both of them in my classroom. In fact, I think one of my eighth grade graduates actually has one at her house and she's supposed to return it to me. Uh, but, um, you know, any, any opportunity, any opportunity where I can, uh, you know, introduce or plant, plant seeds to my students that expressed interests, I'm glad to have uh, multiple options, uh, you know, that are, like I said, grade and age appropriate, as opposed to just telling students to be like, oh, yeah, go home and watch The Exorcist. I'm like, no, here's this middle school rated book from Scholastic that's a horror story that you should read. And, you know, if you like this kind of stuff, there are many different 
ways for uh, you to continue uh, your your hard journey. So, all right, very cool. Always support reading. Always support you know the the indie horror community and getting it out there to the young kids, middle school and on. So, all right. <clears throat> so with that being said. Uh, let's talk about The Boogeyman from 1980, which is my film pick of the week tonight. So, through the reflection of a mirror, a girl witnesses her mother's boyfriend's murder. 20 years later, the mirror is shattered, freeing his evil spirit, which seeks revenge for his death. Um, I had seen The Boogeyman that came out just recently, and I was kind of like, eh, it's okay. It's PG-13. It's, it's fine. It, it, it is what it is. But then I kept thinking about The Boogeyman from 1980, and I was like, you know what? It's kind of fun. Very cheesy, very schlocky, some good gore, but it, it's one that I watched a lot as a kid because it was always on HBO back in the day, and I would always put that on, and I always just used to have a fun time. It was just a silly, gory, fun little movie, and I kind of wanted to bring it up um, and see what you guys thought about it. So, uh, Ghoul, what would you think about the booking that? <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about that sound. Wow, man. I, I can't even believe that came out of me. Um, wow. Uh, anyway, besides being completely uncomfortable with myself right now, uh, maybe the Barbie movie rubbed off on me a little bit. Uh, let's see. The Boogeyman. The Boogeyman. 1980. Uh, thoughts? So, first time seeing this. Watched it last night. Um, it was late. I was tired. Um, you know, the, the opening of this film got me very excited. Uh, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, here, here we go. It's a great, great start. Unfortunately, I feel like the rest of the movie kind of drags ass. And to make it worse, like, you know, and like, don't get me wrong, I get that the, the opening obviously was aped from a 1978 classic called Halloween. Um <laughs> You know, but, like, to see how, like, this movie seemed to, like, rip off every other fucking horror movie that was, like, kind of big at the time, whether whether it was Amityville or, or Halloween, and it just, it was, and I, I, you know what, I just kept feeling like I wanted more. I wanted to like this movie. I wanted things that I could, like, I wanted things that I could maybe laugh at with the movie a little bit. Not like jokes in the film, but maybe stuff that was just so over the top or so bad that it, like, gave me a giggle and made me laugh a little bit. And, like, it would happen every now and again where it would, like, get me just that close, that little bit. And then it would just, like, it was like it was like being edged, you know? And it was just like, fuck, man. Like, I just want to come. Come on, please. Uh, so, so like, <laughs> when it did get bloody at times, I was happy with it. You know, other times it was like, all right, you know, this, this is okay. Ultimately, though, yeah, I was like, eh. Like I said, that that sound you heard at the beginning is kind of my 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 feelings on the movie. <laughs> yeah. The wakey sound. All right, so Dean, what do you think about the boogeyman? Uh, similar but different to to what the ghoul said. I'm interested. Um, it's very interesting to me to hear from you, King, that uh, this is something that you watched all the time uh, that was on HBO because I feel like I just I personally don't feel like 
if this was something in a regular HBO rotation, it, it would be something that would be radar. But I don't recall. Uh, there was nothing in this film that made me recall having seen it before. Um, I don't, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've heard the name before, of course. And, yeah, when I watched it, like, right away, I was, like, you know, immediately in the opening sequence. Like, that's exactly what I thought. Um, you know, uh, Halloween ripoff when, when my wife and I were having dinner this evening and she asked me what tonight's movie was. And I told her, like, that's what I said. I'm like, man, this is just like a, a ripoff of Halloween and elements of Amityville Horror and, you know, and other stuff. And, uh, you know, what my... my I was not a crazy fan of this one. I felt that it just, it just took so long. I mean, uh, you know, when, um, uh, forgive me, I can't recall the character's name, but when they go to visit the child at home and the mirror breaks in the bedroom when she has her flashback, like, it took, it took 41 minutes to get to that point, you know? Like, yeah. it just, everything to me felt like it just took so long. Like, the pacing uh, was, was so slow. And... You know, what it highlighted it to me when, when the thought that I had, um, you know, in looking at this as like a kind of Halloween ripoff and, and ripoff of other films is just like, it makes how good something like the original Halloween is just shine. Uh, you know, when you look at something that doesn't have the same kind of talent uh, behind, you know, behind the camera, uh, you know, setting up the film and, and, and editing the film. Uh, you know, there was some cool stuff, of course. There was, uh, you know, some, some, some decent level of kill, um, you know, for the time period, uh, you know, before, you know, what we think of as like 80s horror really took off. Um, so I'm glad I had the opportunity to see it. Was I the hugest fan of this film? Uh, I was not. Well, I'm glad that, you know, you guys saw it, as always. But Monkey, what do you think about the Boogeyman? Yeah, like uh, everyone else, first time viewing for this thing, you know, so going into eight, 80s horror, you know, fuck yeah, um, you know, and then we're going into it, and I was just like really, you know, be honest, I was like really confused, like, by the storyline, because it's like, it seems like it was jumping around all over the place, it's like, you know, first we uh, have Willie going around, and he, you know, like, it seems like, you know, he's the one that's having issues and go, you know, seeing things in mirrors and, you know, he's the issue, but then we jump and then, no, it's not him. It's a haunted mirror in another place in another state. Or, you know, then we have healing powers of a well for some reason, even though nothing was done to this well in any way, shape, or form. It's it, like... it. Like, it just had, a, the storyline was jumping all over the place about where the evil was coming from, you know, and it, it seemed like mm-hmm. they couldn't d- decide the basis. So, therefore, I was like, you know, what is it? Are, you know, is, you know, Willie going to be our creepy little killer, you know, or is the mirror that's going around and possessing everyone or what's going on? We're not going to bring in the Catholic Church. It's like it, it could make up its mind on what it wanted to be. I was like, look, I, I'm here for it. Just pick a story. You know, <laughs> it's like just pick one. Yeah, yeah. And it, it just seemed like it couldn't do that, you know, and, you know, <sighs> And again, it's like, uh, uh, it's just me personally because I'm a dirty monkey. 80s horror, like, 
I, you know, I, I, I just want, want some boobs, you know, every once in a while. You know, not, not little teeth, just you give me some boobs, you know. And you got some boobs? <laughs> not really. <laughs> it's like you, you got a nip. That, that, that's all you got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I was just like, oh, come on. That, that felt like it was, like, cut, too. You know what I mean? Like, you felt yeah, like you yeah. were going to open it up and, like, really, we were going to see those boobs. And then she would kill herself. And it was like they cut away. And I was like, oh, well, that sucks. You get that whole, what, what's up? Let's see. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I was just saying that Dean wants to see. I want to see. I want to see it. Oh, yes, oh exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's just because I'm a dirty motherfucker. You know, 80 stuff. You know, Friday the 13th kind of set the pace for that kind of stuff. Where it's just, just give us a little something. You know, just you know, same year. uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, it's. it's, I mean, the uh, and we'll talk about as I get in my narration. But yeah, I think it's water is what kind of kills the evil spirit. So that's why the well is used at the end because water seems to be the the conduit to kill it. Because we see water being used a couple times. Uh, and that's when the evil spirit kind of goes away. But uh, So on a dark night, when two siblings, Lacey and Willie, are caught spying on their mother as she covers her lover's face oh, in black silk stockings, <laughs> the abusive lover <laughs> binds Willie's hands and feet to a bed and puts a gag in his mouth. Willie cries yeah, and struggles while fuck? Lacey grabs a carving knife <laughs> from the kitchen and cuts her brother free. From the family. And as his <laughs> Mother and boyfriend return to their bedroom to make love. Willie is freed now by Lacey and plunges a knife into the back of the lover's back and eventually killing him. So death, again, very Halloween-inspired, a ripoff. You know, it, it's queer it, with a knife and all the shots of it and then him stabbing the, the boyfriend. You know, it's like they're ripping it off, but I didn't mind it. Um, so we cut to 20 years later. Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 though. I just want to sit there and go back to, like, the, the, the drunk mom and the drunk boyfriend and the drunk, and yeah. the, you know, the drunk boyfriend that's, you know, just looking stupid as fuck with the, the, the pantyhose over his face all squishy <laughs> yeah. nose and shit like that. And then it's like, okay, wait. So now you're sitting there picking, the, picking this image now as the inspiration for evil throughout this movie now is squishy face penny. <laughs> Anyhose guy. That's what we're going with. That's what we're going with. Okay. All right. Images established. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. So, 20 years later, adult Lacey and Willie attend church. Lacey confesses to Father Riley that she is still haunted by the memory of the murderer, and he encourages her to just pray. So, Lacey and Willie, along with Lacey's husband, Jake, and her young son, Kevin, they live on a farm with their aunt and uncle, Helen and Ernest. Just pray. When Father yeah. Riley... Pray. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. yeah, we pray. We got to pray. We so, to make it today. I'll say we pray. Of course, we get to... <laughs> we get to the Amityville fucking shots of the fucking house with the same type of fucking windows as the Amityville house. You know, Father oh, Riley shows yeah. up for dinner. Like, and actually, like, hey, I actually had to look it up. Like, did they shoot it in the Amityville up. house? <laughs> they were, like, tiny versions of so... the windows of the Amityville yeah. house. Though. It was like, yeah. they get, like, you know, they're like, I get it, whatever. It's, it's, it's the house that it is. But it was like, yeah. They were like, oh, look, <laughs> this house kind of has windows that look just like that other movie that came out last year. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the priest shows up, Father Riley, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm good. I don't need to stay for dinner. They're like, please stay. He's like, okay, guess I'll have to stay because they're begging me. So at dinner, Lacey reads a letter from her mother who wants to see her children before she dies. Willie abruptly leaves the table, and Lacey follows to reassure him that he is not responsible for an event that happened so long ago. Back at the table, Lacey is uncomfortable as her husband, Jake, carves a chicken with a sharp knife. This little-ass fucking chicken is going to serve everybody. He's like, oh, you get a leg? And you, oh, oh, come on. That's like a one-person yeah. meal. Yeah, but that's there was also going to be – go down, go down. There was also going to be acorn squash and beans, uh, which is yeah. quite, a filling, <laughs> quite, a, quite a filling side dish. That's true. Yeah, you're right. You know, they have all the sides, but the main course, the protein, is this little chicken uh, that they carved up. So – Eventually, uh, <clears throat> there you go. You know, I want the meat. I want the chicken. So I'd be very they disappointed. Are, and we all know that they are good for your heart because the more you eat them, the mm-hmm. more you fart. You fart. <laughs> <laughs> so Lacey eventually is tasked to pick out a bottle of wine from the pantry and it reminds her of the liquor bottle her mother held the night of the tragedy. After dinner, Willie burns his mother's Thank letter. Her. I barely knew her. Want none of that shit. And by the way, uh-huh. didn't mention it before, Willie is now mute uh, since that night. So he is not doing any of the talking. It's probably, probably good. Nicholas Love is the brother of Susanna Love, who plays Lacey. So they're actually brother and sister in real life. And good for Nicholas to not have any lines because it's probably better that way. <laughs> this guy just comes along with him the entire time. <laughs> He looks like need to talk. he looks like he could be the parent of the the girl from Hereditary. <laughs> yeah, just he doesn't click. He just he just stands around. Uh, so that night, Lacey has a nightmare of being bound to a bed and gagged, and she wakes up in a sweat. She asks oh, Jake, "Oh yeah, yeah." And that's when she and her husband visit Doctor Warren. John Carradine shows up in this movie, and he's like, "Hey, I'm the Bill. I'm John Warren. Carradine." <laughs> oh, yeah, John Carradine's in here now. <laughs> Third appearance on the show. So he hypnotizes uh, Lacey to help her understand her trauma. She revisits the memories she had suppressed, but at that point when Lily kills her mother's lover, Lacey's voice becomes a series of guttural demonic sounds. Dr. Warren brings her out of her trance and recommends that she visit her child. Mm-hmm. So it, you know what? That was weird, right? But you know what? Maybe you should just go back home and just see your house. That's probably going to just solve everything, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's fine. Like, just go back home. <laughs> Nothing bad is going to happen. Yeah. Go check it out. And not cause so, not cause any trauma at all in any way, shape, or form. No, 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 no. No. But this is, so of course, this is the late yeah. 70s, man, or, you know, 1980, sorry. But, you know, you have to confront your trauma, like, right off the rip. There's no... There's no, like, do it slowly or anything like that. It's just I'm like, fuck it. Right There's to nothing it. to worry about. You go to that house and show them how it is now, not how it was then. Oh, of course. No, you confront it, you, and you say, you own that pain. Fuck you, pain. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not going to kick your ass. I'm going to fuck your ass. <laughs> you get all up in that ass. So... Uh, Jake and Lacey go off on their journey to go visit the child at home. Meanwhile, Willie meets Katie, a friend of Lacey's. She's come over with some eggs and maybe some sex, maybe, with the awkward mute man. Willie proceeds to choke her, <laughs> lifting her off her feet. Once he sees what he's doing in a mirror, he releases Katie, who runs away and absolutely does not call the police at any time. 
It's a real fucking of mice and men fucking time. <laughs> this scene. George is letting me fucking talk. Every, every time oh, Willie's on screen, yeah. man, I keep waiting for him to Thanks, do, be like, M-O-O-N. <laughs> Just yeah. look at the rabbits, Willie. Just look at the rabbits. <laughs> so afterwards, Helen finds out that Willie has painted all the mirrors of the house in the barn black. <laughs> uh, and Helen wants to know why he did it, but he won't say it. Possibly because he's fucking mute. <laughs> Why'd you do it, Willie? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't talk. You know this. <laughs> He's not going to tell you. She's like, oh, wow. It sucks. Painted all the mirrors black. And like, I had to do it. <laughs> so Lacey and Jake arrive <clears throat> at the childhood home, and they find a for sale sign posted at the former house. So the couple introduce themselves as home buyers to the, the three children in the house, Jane, Susan, and Timmy. The house is bright and cheerful. Lacey enters the master bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) So Lacey enters the master bedroom, which is empty except for a mirror, casting a reflection of her mother's lover, whose face is again covered in a black stocking. However, no one knows with her. So she decides, I have no choice. I have to pick up this chair and hurl it at the mirror. Jake runs in going, what happened? And then he immediately apologizes, asking for a paper bag to pick up the shards. I'll pay for the mirror. It's fine. She's like, that mirror was here when we moved in. It's fine. That's awesome. And they're like, the fuck? We don't care. It's fine. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) But but again, though, we have to take it home. (laughs) What? I I just love this this pair of like 30-something-year-old women that are like taking care of their... Their little Early little mothers. I was I always <laughs> felt like this was like a pair of lesbians that just didn't want to tell them that they were like lesbians at the time, you know. Might have been frowned upon. Timmy's like their love child, you know, and it's like, yeah, we're just trying to get out of this house, but we don't want anybody to know because then they'll think it's the gay house. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dad got a job out west, so we have to move, even though we don't want to. <laughs> But, totally. but, but, but and and again because it's the seventies, you know, slash eighties, it's like, oh yeah, just come on in, it's cool. You know, because again, that's how it was with us as kids, you know, we were left in charge and it was like, All right, whatever, you know, <laughs> deal with all the strangers, you know, PSAs will come oh, out yeah. later in eighty eighty three or so. <laughs> <laughs> What cracks me up, and I had a laugh watching this movie the other night, is the fact that Jake picks up the fucking you know, frame of the mirror with all the fucking glass in the paper bag. He's like, we got to take this home. Like, no, you don't. Leave it there, man. Yeah. He's like, oh, man, that sucks. So I cleaned it up. That's yeah, you trash. know, i got I got to assemble it like yeah. a puzzle. Oh, my God. Therapy. Oh, I, I fucking loved it. So. At home, and, and, it's like, said, and, and, and then on the flip side, it's like, what the fuck are you doing taking the shit out of the house? No. It's not yours. But this is like you were <laughs> saying, Monkey, you know what I mean? Day. Like, the movie just never feels like it knows what the fuck it wants to do. It's like, are you no. possessing other people? Is it like, you know what I mean? You hear this breathing sound. So, like, you know, is it a ghost? Like, what the fuck is going on? Is it Willie? You know, like, I kept waiting for, like, some big reveal. In the end, you find out the whole time that it was just fucking Willie killing everybody. And it was like, oh, no shit. Right. You know, like, that never comes no. up again. Like, Willie chokes this no. girl. She just runs off, and she's like, you big bully. And, like, we never hear about that <laughs> again. Like, Nope. 
We okay. don't. Um, like I, so, yeah, I know it's sexy take, now, but it wasn't then. No, we'll, we'll get to some awkwardness in a minute because I want to talk about that real quick. So at home, Jake glues the mirror back together and hangs it on the kitchen wall. However, one shard of glass is behind, and the lover's evil spirit is released. Got to give it to him for piecing this mirror back together. He fucking pieced it together, man. He was like, this is my project. It, it was like the fucking. Together. It was like the, the ghoul, It was like the fucking door in Monsters Inc. Everything except one piece. I found. Uh, I found every little sliver in shard, and I was able to put this whole thing together. Somehow, we're not missing any pieces, even though it was all yeah. shattered. We got it all. <laughs> so, the one piece that Jake can't find has been left behind at the house. So the invisible spirit is there in the house and Susan is in the bathroom and she's trimming her hair a little bit with the scissors. And she's like, Timmy, is that you out there? I'm in here. I'm cutting my hair. Oh, you would like to watch this. Right? I'm like, what the fuck is this family? <laughs> are, you, are, you just, are you just out there, Timmy? I'm oh, cutting my hair now. Oh, are you, my are you cutting later. your little wiener watching me brush my hair, Timmy? <laughs> <laughs> So Mom said you're not supposed to do that. Dude, it's, it's, listen, they were just ahead of their time. This was sis swap, bro. Like, you know, there's mom swap, there's sis swap, there's daughter swap. Oh, yeah, they were way ahead of their time. You know, when BFF, and all of a you sudden. know, fucking family pies. Like, I, I, oh, I know them all, man. Time. I love them. Hey, I just watched the family swap earlier. It was great. <laughs> real fucking comfortable. But, so... Um, you know, the, so the, the Family Force, Swap series is not as good, man. You know, I'll be honest with you. No, the whole idea I like is the like, Mom you know, Swap like, the best. Yeah. Yes, because it's supposed to be like stepmom, you know what I mean? Like that kind of deal. Like the whole Family Swap thing is like, oh, well, none of these people are actually like step family anything. We just put Related. four random people yep. in the house and we're making, we're, <laughs> not even that. They're like putting four randoms in the house and then they're just like, yeah, <laughs> we're just going to decide to fuck as if like maybe we were step family. But come on, man, play play pretend a little bit better than that. Dude, your stepmom has such a great pussy. I know, dude. <laughs> like, come on, you get an actress like Penny Barber. Bro, like there's times in some of those mom swap scenes where like the dick falls in her face and she'll be like like she'll be horrified for all of like a minute and then she needs to like taste the head of the dick and the kid's like, Mom, what? did you just what? put dick in your mouth? <laughs> oh my god, my mom my stepmom's sucking my dick. Like I'm okay with it. Like it's so fucking great. Mom swaps are the best. Um, so the evil spirit gets into the bathroom and forces Susan to gouge herself in the throat with a pair of scissors. Then that's when Timmy decides to go surprise his sister and go boogie man. But the window pane falls down. <laughs> and scratches no, then boogie man says, no, boogie man says, fuck you, little motherfucker. Fucking up this yeah. scene is sticking your head in here. Fuck you. Just yeah. slam his little head in the fucking window. And it's like, <laughs> you know, here, this, you know, this could have been like a, you know, the thing for the movie is you have to say boogeyman or some shit. You know, like Candyman or something. But no, they shut that, yeah. he shuts that shit down. He's like, nope, pow. <laughs> little fucker, stay there. This guy showed us from the start that he didn't like kids. So, Timmy just fucked with the world. <laughs> So, Jane, the other sister, picks up the glass shard, irradiates a powerful energy, and burns her hand. She staggers to the bathroom, releasing it into the sink, and notices her sister's bloody body in the bathtub, as well as her brother's head jammed in the window. 
She washes the blood off of her hands, only to have the medicine cabinet door swing open and knock her unconscious. When the water hits the mirror shard, it explodes and the spirit is apparently gone. So again, water seems to be the indicator of how you can destroy the evil. So when Lacey tells Dr. Warren about her visit, he assures her that now that she has smashed the mirror, she has rid herself of the ghost from her past. However, in the barn, Willie picks up a paper bag filled with the mirror fragments and lets its contents fall to the ground. The energy from the fragments disturbs the reception on his radio, and while his back is turned, the evil spirit approaches with a pitchfork, but Lacey appears and pushes Willie out of the way before he's hurt. Willie takes a pail of water and throws it over the mirror fragments, which burn. So again, water being the, the catalyst to destroying the evil. <clears throat> we don't need no water, just, let the motherfucker burn. <laughs> burn, burn, motherfucker, burn. <clears throat> so Jake suggests that Lacey take Kevin to go fishing to calm her nerves. As mother and son leave, a shard from the haunted kitchen mirror pops off and attaches to the soul of Kevin's shoe. Willie touches the mirror and gets a cut, and Jake thinks he's just a big old dummy. I love that fucking scene. Jake's like, oh, what'd you do now, dummy? You cut yourself? Probably not a good idea, man. <laughs> Fuck, you're so goddamn Ooh. stupid, Willie. Get it the fuck, you know. <laughs> he should have slapped him the head and be like, God damn it. You're so fucking stupid. Stop touching shit, Willie. <laughs> but they cut away to the lake. And the reflection from the shard causes the spirit to return while two couples are having fun and drinking beers with only one hot dog that's put between the four of them on the grill. One of the couples, <laughs> and, Jenny and Andy... And, and only two red numbers. stripes with the labels Absolutely. ripped off. <laughs> yeah. That grilling yeah. situation. To have your kettle grill fired up in like what looked like one hot dog and a couple of other little, <laughs> tiny little things dog. on there. Absolute a fucking like I don't know what on earth was going on there, and they weren't even using like a fucking grill tool. They were like pushing it around with a fucking <laughs> yeah. stick. Yeah, you know, the, the budget only allowed for one hot dog. <laughs> well, uh, the budget kind of got short. We can only afford one hot dog, so you guys are gonna have to split it four ways. <laughs> Let's see if it's done. So one of the couples, Jenny and Andy, not me. I'm not the Andy in this movie. He's much more handsome wearing a Triumph T-shirt. Uh, they decide to head off into an abandoned house to have sex. Like I'm scared. Uh, the dog? Out. Triumph the dog? And, oh, and this is, why, this is why it's not Andy, right? Because he's actually getting laid. <laughs> because he's actually getting oh. sex. Yeah, this Andy doesn't get sex. <laughs> that Andy gets laid. Um, I don't get laid. I just talk about it a lot. Solid. That's a low blow. <laughs> Rest in peace, back ages. Anyway, Jenny convinces Andy that they need to leave. <clears throat> Andy carries some belongings back to the car where he hears some mysterious breathing. He decides to get behind the driver's seat where he eventually gets impaled with a barbecue skewer. Jenny decides to find out what's taking him so long, and when she gets into the car, the spirit shoves her into Andy's mouth with the barbecue skewer sticking out. Not wanting to wait around, the other couple decide to get in their car and leave, never knowing the fate of their friends because they're like, wow, that kiss is taking a long time. Let's get out of here. All right, losers. And they fucking leave. Bye, movie. <laughs> Two friends are dead. <laughs> we'll see you later. We're surviving this. And they leave. So at they the farm, haven't heard Jake of body counts shed. yet. <laughs> yeah. We're surviving because we didn't have sex. <laughs> you guys suck. We're going to take this hot dog home and eat it together. 
I I enjoyed that where they just threw them together and it's just like okay we almost had something there you know again you know a little bit of cheese because we you know when she like went down I was like oh oh we're actually gonna have something now and I think no again cock blocked (laughs) what did you think we were gonna have. She got impaled on the fucking barbecue skewer. That's it. Done. No, but, uh, what no, but I'm talking, talking about before that, that when they were when, no, when head. they were actually when they were in the house and she was Hold getting up. ready to go down on him and shit. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, I get that. No, I, I was talking about the car because I was like, you know, the car made kind of sense because the other couple are like, why are they fucking making out for so long? They're not even moving. It's like because they're dead. Cute little mustache. See you, fucking losers. You know, we're out of here. Um, you know, but so. Back at the farm, Jake picks up a shard of mirror on the kitchen floor, and he can barely place it back into place because the mirror has this energy. And I love Uncle Ernest being like, dude, can you just fucking put it back into place? Like, why the fuck are you bleeding? It's like an acting like this is perfect. Can you just fucking do it? Stop being a pussy, man. Can you get in here and eat my goddamn stew? It's it's and like he was on the edge of like, you know, because again the time it seemed like he was on the edge of calling him a retard. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's no, it, like, was, it was close. It, it, it was happening. And he puts it back into place and he's like, Oh, thank God. It's like meanwhile Ernest is like, You fucking pussy. Stop being a bitch. You bleeding from your fingers and you're shaking. Come on, man, I'll put that thing up there real quick. You know, evil spirit going to get me. I'm not going to earn Nope. <laughs> Just wait for it to be done. So while all this is happening, Lacey returns home with Kevin, and the evil spirit begins tearing at her shirt and ripping at it in the shreds as she tries to get in the house. And that's when Lacey tries to convince Jake that the spirit of the dead boyfriend had been released from the mirror and is after them. But Jake's still kind of on the fence about the whole thing. He's like, maybe I need to go see Dr. Warren one more time and be like, oh, she's fucking crazy, right? Like, this is insane. He's like, oh, I heard about it in this uh, case that I have in 73. She's like, shut up. I don't have time for your reading. I have to get back to my wife. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Well, I'm only here for a day to film, so I'm done. We don't, we don't have time or the budget for an information dump right now. Damn it. <laughs> he tried to give it to me. He's Remember like, shut up. I'm out of here. <laughs> What are you saying? Indeed. Oh, no, I was saying, you know, they bring up 1973, you know, and it's like, yeah, remember remember better movies? <laughs> yeah, remember the end of the little horror? That happened. Like, na- oh. 1973, I heard about something happening, you know, it was called The Exorcist. Remember that? We're going to get another one this year, guys. It's going to be awesome. Totally. <laughs> So the family eventually calls Father Riley to the house, and I love the shot of Father Riley running into his car from the church, like, Father Riley, away! <laughs> Just fucking speeding towards their house. Like, he has nothing fucking better to do with this fucking Friday night except go to their house. So once Father well, Riley also, arrives... Yeah, also, correct me if I'm wrong, because it was real, like, quick in the beginning. Isn't Jake a cop? Yes, they mentioned he's a cop. Okay, so so I, I thought so. So again, all of his detective skills obviously have, <laughs> have, have been what's, what's being used here. And this is why he's so good at treating these things. Well, he's the ultimate Kendall. 
Dude looks like a fucking plastic Ken doll the entire fucking movie. Uh, perfect fucking hair. about the patriarchy, like, bitch. <laughs> 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 the mozo juggle, you know, pass house. <laughs> but the fucking Canadian tuxedo he wears out the entire movie looks like a fucking Ken doll. <laughs> just the entire time. I was like, what appropriate. We're talking, you know, Barbie just came out. Now we have a Ken in this movie. He's Ken enough. <laughs> so, um the priest arrives at the home, placing his hand on the kitchen mirror. It glows red, and the lights in the room go out. A shard of glass flies from the mirror and lands on one of Lacey's eyes. When a scream is heard from the barn, <laughs> Jake and Father Riley investigate. Sure. And that's when they find Ernest. Oh. <laughs> Uncle Ernest is kind of pinned up at the moment. He's kind of busy because he's got a pitchfork in the throat, and he's just kind of hanging out. And then there's Anne Helen, who was strangled by a garden hose. Apparently, <laughs> it was like the weakest reveal. <laughs> where it's like, what's that? And then her body just falls down. It's like, oh, all right. <laughs> She's just kind of wrapped up in a garden nose. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, at least with Uncle Ernest, you get that cool shot of the the pitchfork in his throat, and that, that it was kind of cool for 1980. Have that kind of shot, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, because it didn't look bad. I was I was hoping that it would look terrible, but I was like, yeah, actually, kind of looks good. So I give it to them for that. Um, but back at the house, Jake tries to call the sheriff, but the spirit cuts the phone line. Jake taps Lacey's shoulder to get her attention because she's so busy with dinner. And as she fixes the dinner, she spins around, still having the shard of mirror covering her eye. She snarls, get away! And the shards of fucking <laughs> burns Jake's face. And you get that melt of it. Now my eyes! My eyes! <laughs> 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 Like, damn, bitch, I was just asking about dinner. Fuck. <laughs> what you had to say is it wasn't ready yet. Shit. <laughs> and with with Jake being temporarily de- uh, capacitated, uh, Lacey is about to attack Willie, but Father Riley holds up a crucifix, and the evil spirit uses several kitchen knives to attack Father Riley as blood seems to begin to pour from his face. Still holding but- up the crucifix. <laughs> I said when he's over by the sink, you can see that he's got the padded back on. The padded yeah. back, yes. That's yeah. the size he's sticking out of it. It's like, you know, an extra fucking two inches of pads sticking out of his back. And I was like, oh, you guys tried. I know. You really did. You, yeah, I had that in my narration. Uh, so, yeah, the blood is pouring from his face, and the priest dislodges the evil shard of glass from Lacey's eyes. Willie screams Lacey's name. As Father Riley collapses and disposes of the mirror shard in the kitchen sink filled with water and the shard burns, luckily, Monkey, you got this, he had his stab-proof vest on underneath his shirt. Nothing can stop <laughs> Father Riley. <laughs> it's fucking bad. It was gigantic. <laughs> Jesus. You couldn't put something uh, slimmer on that? Is wearing football pads underneath that pre-shirt. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Listen, so hard, listen, he, he watched he watched the Exorcist, man. He knows what's up. He's like, look, I'm aware of my vest. <laughs> oh, my vestment. My bulletproof <laughs> vestment. My my Christ pads. <laughs> just love to see him at the church just praying over the football pads, putting fucking holy water over it. Got a man up <laughs> gearing up, putting a shirt over it. All right. Ready to go. Evil can't stop me now. Father Riley, away. You know. um, <laughs> so the evil mirror spell over Lacey is broken, but with the evil spirit still haunting the mirror, 
Jake and Willie cover it with a tablecloth and dispose of it down the well, which the water makes the mirror explode and evil at last, hearing the boyfriend screaming. And well, like, the this is great. down the well. <laughs> you know, oh, my God, the well can be free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I... Again, I, I agree with all of you guys. Like, it's it's one of those weird things where it's like, yeah, water obviously is the the catalyst to the evil that's in the mirror, but at the same time, it's not blessed water. It's just fucking water. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it was blessed water where it's like, okay, well, that's holy water, so it's going to fuck. No, you just put it in a sink yeah. and it fucking dies. <laughs> that just bursts in flames. That's all. It just doesn't like and being And 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 then when we kept getting the scenes of the the little kid, you know, playing by the well and all this kind of stuff, I thought something was going to happen about like, you know, okay, maybe you throw the mirror down in there and the and you know this all you have all the fire come up, oh no, oh no, or something. But then you're going to have something like of like at last minute like some hand or something coming up out and grabbing the kid oh, and dragging him into the well. No, that that would have been Carrie, and, you know, they didn't want to be that obvious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been too <laughs> Carrie, you're right. But, I mean, at least, like, Kevin wasn't annoying. Like, I actually like Kevin. This little kid just wanted to go fishing, just wanted to hang out with his parents. Like, he's like, hey, can you pass me the beans, Kevin? You betcha. <laughs> he was never annoying. And sometimes in these movies, like I said, you know, kids in horror movies like, sometimes be fucking annoying. Timmy was annoying. Just fucking sucking down ice cream when fucking his sister started making dinner. Kevin was good. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, gorgeous. Hey, gorgeous. <laughs> you know? uh, like, Kevin's much more respectful. Kevin likes well, fighting. Want to suck my pre-production wiener? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know that's going on. Yeah, that's, that's bro swap. That's cis swap. <laughs> so... We cut to some time later, Lacey, Willie, and Kevin expressing relief that the farm has been sold and they can now leave it all behind. When Lacey calls over to Kevin, who's playing with his friend, she's like, all right, we're going to go away now. We're going to go on a three-way yeah, trip. Because we're, play- we're playing in the cemetery. <laughs> as you do. Who has to play in the cemetery? I used to play in cemeteries all the time as a kid. Fucking great, man. <laughs> but then again, I'm a fucked up kid, so. Um, I just love that fucking no. Spider-Man t-shirt that Kevin's wearing. I'm like, dude, that fucking shirt rules, man. You're cool, man. <laughs> and they didn't have to pay for licensing, because that's in the fucking movie. Yeah, I was like, what? You can do that? You're not paying Marvel or anything? Do <laughs> it. So Kevin is super fucking excited that they're going to leave and go on this new adventure. And now Willa can talk, and he's like, you know what? You know, we're going to go away, and it's only a day away. And she's like, well, a day away is much better than 20 years. So they walk off into the distance. But Kevin had a part of the mirror on his shoe, and when they go away, he drops uh... it. We see a red light coming from the glass yard showing you that the evil isn't quite dead as we go to credits. So that is Boogeyman from 1980. Um, you know, I'm glad that you guys kind of vibed on it a little bit. Like I said, just, the recent Boogeyman just left me so fucking disappointed. I was like, can we just get the Boogeyman from 1980 again? <laughs> like, it's silly, it's gory, it's funny. Gory, though, right? What's that? It's a different story. 
Yeah, the boogeyman that came out this year is based on the Stephen King boogeyman. The Stephen King story. Yes, yeah, about the, the Lester Billings and his family and how Lester killed his family and the boogeyman's around. It's just that it was really PG-13. I wanted to go to so many places, and it didn't. That's why I was like, you know, as much as you guys have said the same thing about 1980s, the boogeyman, like, they could have done it, and they didn't. But at the same time, like, at least there was gore. At least there was some tits. There was, you know, some fun stuff. The boogeyman just kind of felt plotted, you know, this recent Some fucking incest. Some fucking, you know, implied child rape. There's all kinds of fun shit going on in the 1980s. There's so much in this movie, (laughs) And if you guys want to explore more into Yoel Metal's Boogeyman series, there's, of course, Boogeyman 2, which is basically just Boogeyman with a lot of footage borrowed from the first one. And there's the Return no of the Boogeyman <laughs> And there's also the Boogeyman Chronicles, which came out just a couple of years ago. That was a small web series um, chronicling uh, the further adventures of the Boogeyman from the mirror. So you will Mel definitely put a lot into it. And he just, you know, one of those movies where it was limited in theaters, you know, it was like a $200,000 budget, made a lot of money back, but just not enough where it could be successful. The best was that uh, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert fucking hated this fucking movie. They're like, it's fucking trash. Like, why would anybody want to see this? It's disgusting. It's deplorable. Like, they had a whole episode of the show where they dedicated it to the Boogeyman, where they just hated on this movie the entire time. And I'm going to try to find the clip, because it's on YouTube. But they just were like, God damn. Stop hating women in this movie. Oh, God. Movie studios are like, we hate women. And that's what we're doing. I'm like, it's, it's not. Like, they just, back in the 80s, they hated every single horror movie that came out. They just were not happy. <laughs> the Friday the 13th, the, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, they were terrible towards them. But, um, so, yeah, if I could find that clip, I'll send it to you guys, because I know it was on a DVD that I had a while ago. But uh, with that being said, Monkey, uh, it is your pick next week. What are we talking about? Monkey, okay, we're gonna, what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, we're, we're talking hey, about. Hey, yeah, we're ta- we're ta- we're talking about. We're gonna go a couple years earlier. Uh, we're probably not gonna go any better, but it is available <laughs> on Shutter for you guys, and we're gonna go just a couple years back to the seventies to cover the Devil's Reign. Oh yeah. Oh my no fucking way, dude. Thank you. Because I Wait. wanted to make this picture <laughs> over the what? Time. I love the Devil's Reign. Devil's Reign. Devil's Reign. Devil's Reign like R A I N or R E I G S. Yeah. The Devil's Reign as in like purple rain. Like R A R A I N should be available for you guys on Shutter. Oh, I already ha- I own the copy of it. I'm okay with that. Well, well, thank you, thank you, thank you for covering this movie because I've wanted to cover it for a long time. So I'm glad that you brought it up. Can't wait to talk about the fucking <laughs> Devil's Reign. I'm a huge fan of this movie. Yeah, man. <laughs> Great pick coming back. <clears throat> Hail Satan, <laughs> we always say. It's going to be alive, guys. <laughs> oh, so much happens. I, I'm really looking forward to it. So, okay, yes, next week we're going to cover the cult classic, The Devil's Reign, uh, which kicked off a lot of satanic panic in the 80s, especially with uh, Anton Day. So, 
All right. Anyway, uh, Mark Dean, thank you so much for joining us for covering the Boogeyman. We'll see you back here next week for the Devil's Reign. Oh, it's it's my esteemed pleasure as always. Devil's Reign. Devil's Reign. <laughs> the Devil's Reign. Somebody's excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. I can't wait to talk about the Devil's Reign next week. <clears throat> All right. Anyway, Monkey, thank you so much for coming back and talking about the Boogeyman with us tonight. And we'll see you back here next week for your pick of the Devil's Reign. Yeah. uh, Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror, baby, and letting us come in your ears. Good night, everybody. Love you, Monkey. Uh, you know, I mean, listen, but, but before I do that, uh, I do want to, you know, give a, a, a huge congratulations to the box offices of both Barbie and uh, Oppenheimer. Uh, oh, hell yeah. Went and, so I'm both. And both movies went and proved that people still do want to go to the movie theaters. Uh, I have not seen Oppenheimer yet, but I did go see Barbie, and it was not only a, a great movie, a lot of fun to watch, definitely had a, a great message to it, and, uh, and, and it did everything oh, in a non-insultive way. I thought it, it was just absolutely fantastic. And, and you know what? It was so much fun, too, going to the theater and seeing so many people, and so many people getting into it. You know, you had people dressed, dressed up, up in pink outfits, yeah. We were in the, yeah. the Freehold Theater, and there were, like, these two goth chicks. And I mean, like, cats, black nail polish, the whole nine, in bright pink. My type. It was, it, was, it was a blast. <laughs> it was like, okay, this, this is just fun all around. And a packed theater, packed house. Every showing was fucking just totally loaded up. So, I, yes, uh, hot neon, I, wore, I wore hot neon pink to Barbie yesterday. You, I mean, Very nice. Pictures, you know, because it, it, the monkey is gone now. So yeah, I mean, we'll I talk will, about it once I will you see send, Barbie, I will send a picture to So it, it was it was great. Like you know, it gave kind of equal balance to both Barbie and the the quote unquote patriarchy. Uh, I thought Ryan Gosling was fucking amazing as Ken, and we'll talk about mm-hmm. it once the, the monkey sees it. Uh, but Oppenheimer running at three hours I had a lot of problems with what happened in the movie because I know the actual story. Um, I kind of wish I didn't see it in IMAX. Like, I kind of wish I had just seen it in the lady with the The IMAX was good. It was good. It was a lot of, it, it was enjoyable. But at the same time, it just, I was like, I kind of wish I had seen this in the normal theater. Because I think I would have enjoyed it just as much. Um, but, oh. I mean, it, it's accurate to a point. But at hmm. the same time, like, they, they took a lot of liberties with, with J. Robert Oppenheimer, um, you know, and how he felt about the bomb. Um, and they didn't cover a lot that they should have. Um, and I don't want to ruin anything because I know you guys want to see it, but um, yeah, it just it was it was a weird one because I was like I, I like it, but I don't love it, and I wanted to love it, but I love Barbie more. So I was like, yep, let's go Barbie, let's go party. <laughs> that was my my opinion of the weekend. It was like Barbie won the weekend. Oppenheimer, okay, Barbie, fucking great. So hopefully the the monkey gets to see it and we could all talk about it, but. Until then, as always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of the show. We'll see you back here next week for the Mad Monkeys film pick of the week, which is The Devil's Reign. Hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous, Kip Murgatron, watch horror movies. We'll see you back here next week.
Stay scared, everybody.